0: Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, we talked to Leslie about her trip to Alani, a Disney resort and spa in Hawaii. Final episodes of this podcast at disneydecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash Deciphered, where you can subscribe to receive bonus content. Or, if you're looking to plan a Disney vacation, you can support the podcast by booking through me as your travel agent at no cost to you. Get started by emailing Chung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us at at gmail.com, tweet at us at WWDeciphered on Twitter, or find us on our Facebook page, disneydecipher Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies,
1: and I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes.
0: And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, Leslie made it out to Hawaii to Alani, a Disney Resort and Spa, and had, I think, a very wonderful week out there. This was one of those weird times that Leslie and I were traveling at the same time. So normally, if I was just sitting at home being bored. I would have been bugging Leslie every single day about her trip, seeing what happened. But since I was traveling at the same time, Leslie, I don't know too much about what you did at Alani. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about this. Before we get started, can you just remind us really quickly if someone doesn't know what Alani is, what is it and how is it Disney related or Disney fied?
1: Got it. So, Alani is a Disney resort hotel. There's no theme park, it's just a standalone hotel like Vero Beach, and it's in Oahu. In Hawaii, not sort of in the busy side of Waikiki. It's over in a a separate area called Ko That's maybe about like 45 minutes away from Waikiki. And I have been. This was my fourth trip with my family. Obviously, being from the San Francisco Bay Area, flying into Honolulu is pretty easy for us. It's actually quicker for me to get to Honolulu than it is for me to get to you in Boston, Joe. So that's uh definitely a popular destination for a lot of a lot of West Coasters and it's a hotel but there's also like a DVC element to it as well so plenty of DVC members go and spend time at Alani and can use their points there or maybe even own there so yeah it's a blast we did have a great time I can't wait to talk about it
0: yeah DVC being Disney's timeshare system and I take no offense that uh, you would fly to Hawaii instead of flying to Boston especially in the middle of winter although it was not winter when you were out there before we get to kind of the The nitty gritty COVID stuff, because you always have to do that when you're talking about a trip, especially to a place like Hawaii right now. I'm curious, does the weather, as far as you know, change in Hawaii? Is it like hotter, like much hotter in August than it would be in the winter? Or is it about the same? What do people have to worry about weather-wise if they're thinking about going to Hawaii or Alani?
1: It's roughly the same in Koalina. I mean, maybe it's a couple of degrees difference, but it's not one that we've noticed. And we've been in November and in March and in April before. This is our first time going in summer. So yeah, it's pretty much the same. I mean, there are parts of Hawaii that have a real rainy season, but not Koalina. Uh, So you don't really have to worry about getting rained out for a substantial part of your vacation there. And we, I don't think we had any rain. I don't think we had a single raindrop when we were there. So seven, but we did have some windy days. That does happen in certain places in Hawaii where we had enough wind our last two days there that they couldn't open the umbrellas, which for my poor, very Irish family, (laughs) we really needed the umbrellas. We needed the shade, but couldn't get it.
0: (laughs) That's, uh, That's too bad. Hopefully you had a high enough SPF.
1: Oh, yes.
0: So, yeah, getting to Hawaii, I know there's a bunch of testing protocols. I don't think it's worth going into nitty gritty details just because these things are changing all the time. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much of a pain was it to get tested before you went? And to be clear, three out of the four of your family are fully vaccinated already as well.
1: That's right. So Hawaii changed in early July. They used to have a testing requirement for everybody. But as of early July, that converted into a vaccination or a testing requirement. So my husband and I are both vaccinated. Our 12 year old daughter's vaccinated, but we have a seven year old who obviously can't be yet. So the testing requirement applies to him. It applies to everyone five and up. So at least uh, babies and toddlers and preschoolers are exempted. So I'd say on the scale of how annoying it was, it was like an eight for me, but it was because of our unique circumstances. We were traveling to a family birthday party in the Lake Tahoe area the several days before our trip. So we were in a more remote area and getting tested is much, much harder if you aren't in a major metropolitan area. If we had just been at our home in the Bay Area, testing would have been a breeze because there's several places at the airports that have rapid tests. So I I could have done it in a matter of 30 minutes, but because we were somewhere remote, it was, we had to do a mail-in test and it was a big pain. (laughs) And, and you know, I think I did, I did like message you during the time about how annoying it was. My son had to do one of the saliva tests and having a seven-year-old fill a test tube of saliva is harder than you would imagine.
0: So you are, uh, I should point out that You told me that he was not allowed to eat or drink like an hour before that. So that sounds like it would be, I don't know. You said it wouldn't be too bad for an adult, but it doesn't sound too great to me. Now, are you saying with the rapid test that, like, I could, for example, just show up in San Francisco, take a test, you know, get to the airport four hours before, take a rapid test, and then go from there?
1: So you could do that. Or, I mean, there are places, there's one that partners with Southwest Airlines at Oakland Airport, and I could have driven over because you have to test uh, 72 hours in advance or less. So I could have gone three days before, taken the rapid test, known that I was clear, done all the paperwork I had to do online, and just fly the the day of. So some people do, do it the day of, but I think it's actually easier to do it a few days in advance and know that you're negative because I mean there are other situations where people show up for that rapid test the the day of and find out they're positive and then that's a lot harder to cancel everything.
0: Great point. So when you got to Honolulu, I assume, did you take a Uber? How'd you get over to Alani?
1: We actually booked Charlie's Taxi, which is a local transportation service that has a flat rate service to Alani, but we actually this time booked their VIP service, which was like just exactly what it sounds like. You know, somebody meets you with a sign and they help you carry your bags and all that good stuff. And the reason we did that is there's such a shortage of transportation. Even the taxis right now say that you may not be able to to get one immediately. So we didn't want to be standing on the on the curb for half an hour waiting for a taxi. So we paid for the the VIP service. This is just sort of the new normal of everything of travel right now. Like if you want the same level of service, you have to pay more for it. I think is the the lesson I got from this trip.
0: Yeah, or you can uh, pay more for a Spirit Airlines flight and still get it canceled. So yeah, oh, it's uh, pretty yeah. rough out there right now. Pretty rough. Yeah. Out
1: there.
0: I don't know. I don't know if that reference will be dated by the time we release this, but uh, we'll see <laughs> how that goes. Now I, I hope know it's dated. Th- I know seriously. Now I know there's a lot of regulations. I, Hawaii has an indoor mask mandate, so Alani was obviously. Going along with that, what other effects have COVID had on Alani? I know not everything is open. So tell us what are the main things that are missing.
1: So, the biggest thing for us that was missing as a result of COVID was Auntie's Beach House. That's the kids' club that is included in the price of your room at Alani. And of course, it has to be closed right now, having different kids come in different days from all around the country and maybe even some international destinations probably isn't advised at the moment. So aunties, and aunties is mostly indoors. There is a backyard, but most of the activities are indoors there. So that was closed. And I know you didn't use aunties when you took your family to Alani, but we used it a lot. Like my kids loved it. They were begging to be dropped off. It's not for lack of trying,
0: just to point out. I know.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair, fair. I mean, my kids are a little bit older, so they're a little bit cooler with being dropped off and- doing things on their own but my daughter's 12 and auntie's goes from ages 3 to 12 so this is her, sort of her last chance and she was very bummed about about missing out on her last chance although i guess we could put conceivably go again for spring break right before her 13th birthday maybe we'll see we'll see famous last words but that was the big thing that was missing was you know room rates certainly weren't discounted I mean Hawaii is in extreme demand right now for travel because so many people they can't travel abroad or they don't want the hassles of traveling abroad and Hawaii is kind of the closest thing to getting a very different kind of vacation so I mean it's teeming with tourists right now and so there are no discounts to be had. So, yeah, not getting not getting the included childcare, which is you know in my estimation worth many hundreds of dollars over the course of a seven night vacation, was definitely definitely felt in my family.
0: So with it closed, how did that affect? I, I want to say touring because my brain is always parks related, but it's not touring. But how did that affect like your overall experience? Are, were your kids with you all the time? Did they get bored?
1: We pretty much stayed together as a family or, you know, would split up one adult with one kid, you know, the other adult with the other kid for activities. I mean, we spent most of our time by the pool for the entirety of the week um, by the various pools mean, there's a lazy river and there's a splash pad and there's a water playground called Menehune Bridge and then there are several different pools around the resort so that was what we really made the focus of our activities and we kind of would find some beach chairs in the morning and make that our home base and would come and go from those until until the end of the day. So we really did stick together for the most part as a family. I mean, my 12-year-old is, is free to roam on her own. She's completely capable. And we actually found that my 7-year-old could be trusted with giving him a hotel key and walking from our beach chairs up to our room because he he would kind of peter out a little faster than the rest of us so sometimes he would go up like 30 minutes before maybe the rest of us would go up and play his video games and we were able to do that I mean isn't that kind of shocking
0: (laughs) I don't know. With my eight year old, I'm starting to feel the same way as well, but it's just, it's crazy that uh, they become independent so quickly.
1: Now, yeah. I know
0: there was a social aspect of a negative for your 12 year old because Anti Speech House was closed. I think that's uh, important to mention. So, can you share a little bit about that?
1: So, yes, this is actually really something important to note. My seven year old is able to make friends in like two seconds. Like kids of that age are able to, but my 12 year old really loved aunties for just meeting kids her same age. Like they definitely on our last vacation had a tween meetup time for the 10 to 12 year olds. And she made a lot of friends that way. And then they would hang out during the daytime and, you know, go around the resort and have a little group of them. And she wasn't able to meet kids of her age without that sort of, structure. Um, I mean, I think it seemed to me there were a lot more younger families. Maybe that was because of summer vacation. Maybe that was because of COVID. But there weren't a lot of kids who were her age, like 12-year-old girls. And it was really hard for her to make a friend and meet somebody to hang out with. And so I, I had wished maybe they could have done, even if not had aunties open, some activities for the kids, like on the beach, like meet up and you know build a sandcastle or something like that, just to have... That break the ice kind of opportunity but they didn't and unfortunately she didn't really have a chance to hang with anybody but her little brother the entire week which gets old
0: yikes all of us older siblings have had to do that and uh, we know how it feels but i don't want to offend all the younger siblings so i'll just uh, leave it at that That's right. now ama ama which is the very nice restaurant at alani was closed but I think, as you're pointing out with Auntie's Beach House, like they probably could have done outdoor activities for some of the kids, but not all of the closures made sense. Snorkeling was open, which is fine, but you know, you told me that the spa was also open, which COVID-wise, you know, if you're not opening Auntie's Beach House, it sort of doesn't make sense that the spa is not open, except for when you realize that people pay at least $100 to go to the spa. Any other open, closed things that we need to know about?
1: Yeah, the the openings did not fully make sense, except for, you know, what were the ones that that made money? (laughs) And what were the ones that that didn't? Um, Well, the snorkeling, for example, to me, this was the one that was most stark to me. So snorkeling was open, but you know, they gave you, as part of your rental rate, snorkeling equipment that you would be like breathing and spitting into, right? I mean, that is something that is like, you know, a little concerning from a COVID They clean precaution. those, right? They clean those. <laughs> of course they clean those. But but then I went down to the beach. They used to rent out or loan out beach toys, like sandcastle toys for kids, so that you didn't have to buy those or bring those yourself because they're bulky. And they told me that they were not loaning out, you know, buckets and shovels because of COVID. And I was like, well, nobody spits or breathes into those. <laughs> Right. But those were okay, free. You never and go so to they're... the beach with my
0: kids. But yeah, yeah I, I hear what you're saying.
1: Yeah. It didn't kidding, make sense. Everyone, OK, Okay. we're not monsters. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, um, it didn't. Make, it didn't make sense what things I mean. Obviously, a lot of the, the reasons were they have limited staff and, you know, they have to to focus on whatever is going to make the resort profitable as well as just what people are interested in. I mean, many more people are interested in snorkeling than are interested in the free beach toys. So I get that.
0: So tell me about the meals. Is there still a character meal? Is it uh, modified? You know, what's going on with that?
1: So like you mentioned, Ama Ama, the fancy restaurant, is still closed. And that's something actually important to to note. My understanding is at first I thought, is it staff? But apparently they had a a vendor that they had contracted with to operate it, and they have – changed vendors or they are they're looking for a new vendor so that won't be reopening for a while the character breakfast did reopen although not the character dinner that's held at makahiki which used to be a buffet is not a buffet right now because of covid again add this up to whether things make sense or not, Disneyland's bringing back all of its character meals this month right now. And they're all buffets. So <laughs> again, doesn't entirely make sense as to why, you know, they can't have a buffet at Alani. And, and honestly, we had done the character meal every time that we have been to Aulani and including both the breakfast and the dinner. And this one was, was disappointing. Um, I mean, I still I, I am, I never have a bad time in Hawaii. I never have a bad time at Alani, but compared to the previous character meal, it was significantly less than without the buffet. Cause part of the fun with the buffet is like they would have, you know, Hawaiian specialties on the buffet. They'd have a lot of Asian food because a lot of guests come from Japan or Asian countries. And so you'd really get like a sampling of a lot of different really cool local foods or you know foods that you wouldn't necessarily get at home and without that you just got to order you know a la carte from the menu and like it was mostly like bacon and eggs or waffles or pancakes there was one loco moco on the on the menu but you know you couldn't get that variety so that was was disappointing and as as everybody knows character meals are incredibly expensive so it was like ended up being two hundred dollars plus for my family of four to basically eat a plate of bacon and eggs and Mickey waffles. It was it was a lot. So, <laughs> and the characters as well were modified. We only saw three characters, and they were, you know, from a distance. They weren't going from table to table like they used to, or even like they're starting to do. I mean, they're kind of coming closer to tables. They are wandering at uh, Disneyland and Disney World. So, it definitely felt like it was not a full character meal experience. So for folks like me who've done it before, I think you can set it out in 2021. I mean, of course, this is, if this is your only one time, you know, once in a life vacation to Alani, then do it. But I kind of wish I had skipped it.
0: Leslie, uh, I will cook bacon and eggs for your family and dress in a Mickey Mouse costume and charge you $150. Uh, No problem. I'll take care
1: of that. What a deal. What a deal. (laughs)
0: No problem. No problem. Now, I know you didn't have the best experience at the luau either, although I don't know if that was COVID-related. You just got some pretty bad seats.
1: Well, it it wasn't necessarily COVID-related. My son had a migraine that day, so he was feeling poorly, and we got – in line very late. And so we did, we we've had VIP seating every time we've gone. And this was the first time we were not able to get VIP. It sells out very, very early. So we just had to get general seating. So we got like the absolute worst table in the house. And then we had a sick kid with us, you know, so it was, that was not, that was not entirely on Disney. (laughs) I have to say it was not like, you know, the best setup for a great evening out. I mean, this show at the Luau, you've seen it, Joe is it's fantastic. And The the story is great and the dancing is great and the variety of everything is great. Again, no buffet under the current Luau. They've modified it where they bring you uh, a couple of different courses uh, that are in bento boxes, which is pretty cute. And I thought there was enough, plenty, more than enough food and definitely more variety in the bento boxes. But again, you couldn't sort of pick what you wanted and get more of one thing or less of another. So, you know, still not the full luau experience but it was definitely much more variety than i got at character breakfast at makahiki it's
0: the same show
1: same show they've modified some of the stuff at the beginning where you know they used to have activities and now they have the activities at your table so you're not coming up to one of the the dancers or the you know the cast members and and doing you know they don't have the stamping where they used to stamp um like Hawaiian tattoos on you, but they did let you make your own lay um, while you were sitting at your table before the show started. And they had a little bit of a pre-show and they had the usual photos and things like that. So, you know, a lot of the same, but modified in the ways that you would expect to, to keep people distanced.
0: And then character meet and greets, I saw they were back. Is it like you just stand 10 feet in front of them? How, how is that working?
1: I actually really, really liked the character meet and greets. And in fact, they were so good, that's probably what soured me a little bit on the character breakfast because I was like, oh, I could have done this for free with the, the character meets. So so what they have now is, I mean, yes, you're distanced for a little bit. They have set up most of the character meet and greets on the luau lawn and then occasionally on that little smaller lawn that's um, near where the Alamo rent-a-car is. There's a, It depends on sort of what's going on at what time of day, where the, the characters are. So they've set up little little sections and they have almost like a little um lay that ropes the characters off from the guests and then the guests can go up and talk to them and get photos they are less distance than I experienced at Disneyland. You can get within, you know, several feet of the characters that you're still kind of taking, can't hug them or get autographs, that kind of thing. And it's great because they have so many characters. We saw every single character who was available during the seven days we were there and huge variety, Stitch and Angel, Donald and Daisy, Mickey and Minnie, uh, Moana, uh, Duffy, the new turtle, Olu Mel. Great. It was fantastic. My kids loved the character meet and greets. And I actually love where they were located because they were a little bit out of sight, out of mind for people. It made the line shorter because only the true diehards were going over to get the, the photos. And whereas they used to be located all around the pool area. And so people just happened to be walking by would hop in line and the lines would get really long. So It was a two thumbs up for me on the characters in a big way. I hope they stay out there on the lawn.
0: Nice. Now, I know that a lot of this trip report has been the way things have been different. And we don't want to give the impression that you had a bad time overall. So just talk to us about what you enjoyed about being back at Alani. What are the things that if someone hasn't been there before, you can still do still enjoy despite everything that's going on? You know, um, let's talk about some of the positives before we close things out.
1: Absolutely. And I should say we did have such a positive time in spite of the, the couple of negative things I've mentioned. My husband spent significant time crunching the numbers yet again as to whether we were gonna, going to become DVC owners at Alani. They still haven't sold out at Alani, And every time that, we look that is a attraction <laughs> in and of
0: itself doing the spreadsheet it for is. some people, for it some is.
1: People definitely. So we had a blast. I mean, Hawaii is just so welcoming. Disney cast members are fantastic. And then Hawaiian locals are just fantastic. And you get that combination of the two at Aulani. And, you know, we had great, great service. We always, we ate, I think, four or five nights at the Olelo Room, which is just a fantastic addition to Alani. O- Olelo Room celebrates the Hawaiian language and everybody who works there speaks native Hawaiian and then the walls are decorated with carvings and Hawaiian words. So you can sit there and look up at a picture of something and see what the Hawaiian word is for it. So it's great with kids to, you know, give them a taste of, of Hawaiian language and culture while they're there. So we had fantastic service there, live music outside, everything's, most everything's outside. So it felt very safe in the grand scheme of things as far as travel goes right now. And just a lot of time at the pool. I mean, the water slides are great there. The Lazy River's great there. We definitely had a blast. We did a, did a little excursion where we walked around the cove to, uh, around the Four Seasons. And there's a little secret beach there and saw a monk seal sunning itself on the beach, which was just really special. They're, I think, endangered or maybe not endangered, but the next level up from that. But that was cool to see. And yeah, just a great Great trip and nice to get away. And Aulani really is very, very special. I mean, we spent a ton of money on this trip, as you know. It was a one-bedroom villa that we got this time, but well, well worth it. I mean, it's well-appointed to you know have everything that you need for seven nights.
0: Yeah, like I think I mentioned last time, when my family went to Alani a couple of years ago, when you're going to Hawaii, you're spending a lot of money anyway. So yes, there's a Disney premium, but it's not as bad as uh, other places just because it is Hawaii after all.
1: That's right. And everything in Hawaii is expensive right now. So it was well within the range of what other people are paying at other places. But, you know, plus we got that Disney Disney vacation element to it that was extra special.
0: All right. So why don't you uh, leave us with a Disney do or don't Alani style?
1: All right, so my Disney do, if you are considering or have already booked an Alani vacation, is to book your activities and your excursions as early as possible. It used to be you could kind of call the week before or show up your first day and book things like the Luau or the character breakfast. No more, and that's true in everything in travel. We barely got into the Luau when I booked, gosh, maybe six seven or eight weeks in advance, and it took several calls to get into the luau because of how quickly things book up. So plan very, very early. You can always cancel and move things around. And if you aren't successful at getting into one of those things early, then just keep trying. That's That worked for me for the luau. I know that worked for the DCL duo who I got to meet while I was there, fellow podcasters. They were able to get a cabana an extra, for an extra day just by asking the day before there was a cancellation and they were able to snag a cabana so there are things that can be had I also was able to get a rental car for the next day which we ended up canceling <laughs> we decided we didn't want to leave the resort but we had tried for days and weeks to get a rental car at, at the Alamo renta, rental counter there and was were unsuccessful but then when we were there on property we we're able to actually snag one so you just got to be persistent it's a lot of like work right now a lot of it
0: all right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience. It sounds like it was a lot of fun, an excellent summer vacation. If you've been to Alani or if you're thinking of going, if you have questions or or a tip to share, please let us know Deciphered at gmail.com, at WWDeciphered on Twitter, or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Hope you're all enjoying the last vestiges of your summer, if it's not over already. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and I will see you at the very front of the luau next time. Get that VIP.
1: Thanks, Joe.